Welcome to Be Customer-Led, where we'll explore how leading experts in customer and employee experience are navigating organizations through their own journey to be customer-led and the actions and behaviors employees and businesses exhibit to get there. And now, your host, Bill Stagos. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Be Customer Led. I'm your host, Bill Stakos. I have a very special guest with us today. Amanda Whiteside is worldwide head of customer programs. She's responsible for delivering a multi-roadmap that drives Amazon Shipping's global commercial and customer strategies. She leads a large team of technical product and program managers, is responsible for five unique business areas, onboarding and integration, customer service, tracking and delivery, billing and sustainability, as well as business analytics. So like, I've never met anyone who's got such a big remit. So I mean, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm thrilled. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. It's going to be a fun conversation. I can't wait. I've been waiting actually all week for this. So our first question, Amanda, to every guest is to tell us about your journey and some of the differentiating factors that helped you achieve the role you're in today. And you also have a really interesting background because you come from sales originally, if memory serves me right, and you moved into these more strategic and operational roles. So like, how has that even shaped you and shaped your journey too? Yeah, it's a great question, Bill. I've really enjoyed the diversification I've had throughout my career. So, you know, obviously I came into sales, but I should just remind your views. I came from a product design background. So I studied industrial design and, and really enjoyed learning about design thinking and solving problems in a very creative way. Unfortunately, with everything that went on at that time, I, I went straight into the working world and ended up into a very commercial uh, space where I was responsible for business development roles, sales roles, often in startups. So again, solving very real problems for often, you know, very growing businesses. And I really enjoyed my time. I think it's important for everyone to do a stint in sales and some type of commercial role, because I think it, it teaches you how to engage with people and how to really figure out how to sell something. So more recently in my time at Amazon, I've been able to really try different roles, try program roles, try product roles, other technical positions. And it's been able to give me a more rounded opinion of how business works and, and influence different things that I haven't been able to influence before strictly in a commercial sense. So it's been a really great journey. I often get people asking me, how have you gone from sales into program and product? And it's not a linear path. <laughs> it takes a, a little bit of kind of bumping your head on one side and, and people believing in you. So I've, I've been very very lucky to really get to this point. So I, the nonlinear path, especially for what you do, and I want to talk about your role a little bit, if that's okay, and, and how you focus on the customer experience. But I've often found that some of the best customer experience leaders, like me, look, take me, for example, I've been in customer experience for plus 20 years. That does not make me the best leader at all in this space. But I've often found that some of the brightest people that I've worked with from a CX perspective are those who have kind of zigged and zagged through an organization or organizations and have this really wonderful breadth of expertise. So I'm excited to get into a little bit more of the conversation with you there. So just tell us a little bit. I mean, it is a pretty big remit that you've got, which is wonderful. Clearly your experience caters to, to what you're doing. How do you bring the customer experience into the work that you're doing? How do you think about CX as part of your day-to-day? 
Yeah, it's because of the diversification, we're in a very lucky position, I guess, within the business that we're very close to our customers. So things like customer services, like contacts and escalations, uh, defect data on pickups and deliveries, it allows us to really understand what's going wrong and what's going right. And then we bolster that with things like CSAT, customer interviews, and, and making sure that whatever we understand from our data, we're also validating that with VOC to bring it to the forefront of the organization. So that's really been a lot of the discussion that I've had with my leadership about why it's important to have this type of scope, because it gives us that ability to know more and then do more. Could not agree with you more. I've worked at organizations, Amanda, where everybody owns a little piece of the cog, right? And if we all work together well, then the sort of the cog gets made. But when, excuse me, when you have an opportunity to bring multiple functions together and get a much more expansive view of the customer, it has profound differences. So tell our listeners a little bit about what are some of the best parts about your job? Maybe some even some of the more challenging things that you've got to deal with kind of given your role. Yeah, I think it's the problems we're trying to solve. Often they're hugely complex and and not obvious, but it means when we solve them, it's hugely rewarding. So it also allows me to support the business through complex project management, which I really enjoy. I enjoy working with multiple teams, multiple geographies, multiple uh, different opinions. And it really helps challenge me in how I think about better stakeholder management, which I I know a lot of large organizations really struggle with. So it's something I'm kind of personally always thinking about, how can we do better? So I really enjoy that aspect of it. It makes my role and my team's positions very diverse. And I would say as well, the team that I work with, I work with some seriously smart people. And so it helps when you're not the smartest person in the room to keep helping you grow. I know I have uh, imposter syndrome every day. I feel like when I'm working with my team, it's a wonderful but scary feeling sometimes. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, you're working with product designers, you're working with customer insight teams. Clearly, you're engaging customers directly. Thinking about the symbiotic relationship between customer and employee experience, given your focus on leading a large, diverse team, like how do you think about that two sides of the same coin, so to speak? Like, how do you lead that? That's really a challenging thing. Yeah, I think about it in two parts and my team are kind of set up in that way where we spend a lot of time making sure that we get the problem statement directly from the customer. So what really is that issue that they're up against and how do we better define that and then articulate that out to teams? And then how do we embrace other members of the organization to really think about how we go over and above on a solution the customers didn't expect? One that solves what they asked for and goes further. So I think then also having those different opinions really helps the journey and solves the problem differently. So it's it's really part of getting it right, having mm-hmm. lots of those different opinions, but thinking about it in two halves of the problem and the solution. So in you... If you think about sort of your team and the focus on experience, not only from, from your customer's perspective, but also the sellers and large corporates that you're dealing with regularly, how does this change your approach to customer experience? Like You've got multiple stakeholders to deal with, as you just said, right? including employees as part of those stakeholders, let alone business partners as well. I think like thinking about that and through that, so can you give us an example about maybe how you manage that all at once? Because I think that's probably one of the more challenging things for CX leaders generally, particularly as you get up into maybe like a chief experience officer or a chief customer officer role, like you're dealing with so many different constituents 
from HR, the CEO, CFO, customers, partners, vendors, et cetera. Tell us a little bit about your approach there. Yeah, it's particularly challenging, I think, within Amazon because we have quite a lot of internal systems and processes that are mm. core to how we operate. So, and not necessarily how large corporations operate. So this has forced us to think differently about our products and how they've scaled and evolved. Further to that, we have different customers within the same service. So we have obviously our shippers that are our sellers and our B2B business partners, mm -hmm. and then end recipients who is more of a B2C relationship that we facilitate there. So having customers that have different needs, both inside the organization and outside, and I'm not even really touching on internal employees at the moment, yeah. it makes it really challenging. So we've needed a lot of uh, rigor in our VOC and CSAT mechanisms, as well as really ruthless prioritization. It's very difficult when you have a whole host of customers that you want to do everything for them. So at Amazon, we're, it's quite helpful at times when we think about things like tenants, really setting out like what matters and how do we think about the prioritization of that? And when we have difficult trade-off decisions, how do we make those decisions? So often CX professionals will struggle on trade-offs between costs and customer mm -hmm. experience and whatnot. So having those up front and then really looking at the opportunity size and, and what are those big problems to solve is, is something that we spent a lot of our time doing. Well, I mean, trade-offs is such a big part of the work that we do. And it never feels like there's one right answer, right? Or like the best answer sometimes just because the, the issues that you're probably dealing with and others out there are dealing with can be really complex. You just sort of have to make the best decision that you think is right for the customer and for the company together. I don't love talking about the global pandemic as much because it feels like we're in the throes again and people don't want to talk about it. But like there, it really has change the way that customers think about digital commerce, generally speaking. You know, how are you thinking about, particularly given your seat and what you're doing, Amanda, how do you see this evolving even over the next year or two? And for different industries, it's different. Retail would be very different than banking or hospitality, et cetera. Are you doing anything that helps you and your organization prepare for delivering the types of experiences consumers are now demanding or even thinking about how just consumer behavior might even be evolving or changed permanently. What are you doing differently to prepare for all that or, or work through the, the, the new normal, I guess? Yeah, it's something that I'm really focused on right now and, and in general, just very fascinated about even on retail from the, the hybrid experience of, of how a customer enters a store and then has a digital experience online. We have something similar in terms of our pickup experiences physical between the shipper mm. and the driver, but equally uh, there's platforms in which they use and they have to engage with it that really represents the brand experience throughout. So I, I think uh, a lot of what's going to come in the upcoming years is artificial intelligence and machine learning. And that's really what we need to get ahead of to, to try and at least start by merging those two experiences and recognizing when defects happen and get ahead of that. Customers are really expecting nowadays that they don't have to tell us what their problem is. We should yeah, already yeah. know. And it's so true, but a lot of businesses don't know because they don't have the intelligent infrastructure. They don't have the, the technology and the tools that, that helps them be at the forefront of that or flag that to internal teams to fix it. So that has to be something certainly foundational that we get right. And I think off the back of that, we'll start to build more enhancements in our experience where it will become a little bit more of a gelled experience between the two. So I, look, if I think about Amazon, you have really driven a lot of the behavioral change we've seen in consumers. And I think in a really positive way, 
I don't think there's a day go, goes by actually that there's not an Amazon box on my doorstep. I mean, and I, I think that I, I mean, millions and millions and you know tens of millions of consumers out there are probably similarly that happens where when we first met Amanda, you talked about listening to employees and feedback and, and you even have internal tools to be able to understand daily what's on your mind and what's happening and use that as a leader would you mind sharing that a little bit and how you're managing your team using this? Because I think it's, I personally think one of the most important things organizations can do is have this kind of daily listening to their employees, using that to act and improve the employee experience every day. The way you described it, though, was really cutting edge and better than so many other organizations out there. I would love if you can share that example. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that I think we're all seeing evolve as work from home continues to be something that is very permanent in a lot of organizations, likely as changes happen. And I think it's important as we think about building those cultures remotely that leaders really consider how possible that is and how they can try to make sure that teams feel engaged, make sure there's really strong diversity inclusion throughout. One thing Amazon does a really good job of is a platform called Connections, which allows the employees on a daily basis every morning answer a multiple choice question. And it's a simple question that says, how has your experience this week been rated out of one to five? Or how much support have you had from your manager in the last week rated one to five? So it's something that it sounds, I've, I've spoken to people about it before and they say, you do this every day, but it's something that becomes second nature. And, and what that does is it puts data behind employee experience. And it's great as a leader because then I get a detailed report with these questions and it, it talks to me about my leadership uh, ability within the team and how I'm engaging the team. And I can look at leadership and engagement and kind of separate them, but also bring them together to give an overall score. And really then as a manager, I have the information that I need to drive improvements. So within my team, I make sure that they're part of that discussion. We have monthly connection meetings where we look at those scores and we say, okay, this is some of the trends that we're seeing. How can we do things differently? So it it puts me in the driving seat better as a leader, but it also puts my team in a very open space to discuss how those scores are going. And then we try to find ways in which to improve it. So it's something that I'm very grateful for. I, I appreciate a lot of businesses maybe wouldn't have it because it takes a lot of time to invest in those types of tools. We're already trying to get improvements in CX. I think yeah. CX is yeah. something that hopefully is a fast follow. It should really run in parallel, but it's a great advancement. So look, I love the fact that as an organization, you're doing that. You know, Amazon talks a lot about customer obsession, but that cannot come without employee obsession as well. And having this daily routine, where as a leader, you're looking at and you've got a big organization, right? So like how your organization is doing, how are they feeling? Do they feel supported to be successful in their job and creating a safe space like you are to have a conversation around those results and not from a perspective of people get penalized, but literally how do we elevate people is such an important part of any organization's success. And like just a, an amazing best practice, frankly, that I hope listeners can take away and actually implement and steal the idea. I hope that's okay if, uh, for you if they do. Everyone should. So I'm really curious, Amanda, as a leader, are you changing your approach for your role? Like if you think about like, you must be, you're getting this daily information and like you must be even just not changing years every day, but <clears throat> really being able to reflect back and say, how can I improve? The future of work is obviously changing. Remote work is certainly here to stay. 
people's opinions and views about work has certainly changed. How has your approach as a leader possibly changed? Yeah, I think it's, I've definitely become better at listening and understanding, but really empowering my team to be part of that change. I I don't think there's a a simple answer for how things are going to evolve. I think in the last few years, it's evolved faster. It certainly feels that way than what it has maybe in the last 10 or 20 years. But I think maybe before there used to be a a manager made the decisions and employees Mm -hmm. went along with it. Now employees are very much at the forefront of the discussion and they have an opinion and they want to really frame how their work life is going to have a balance and, and what work that they do that interests them. And I think we need to be part of that conversation and be part of their development. I'm a strong advocate for my team. We do a lot of self-development days where they, mm. they get the day off tomorrow, actually, where they're able to spend time and really think about, okay, I want to do this course. I want to do this different thing. And I think people are looking for that diversity instead of nine to five hammering out the same thing. Yeah. So we need to think about being flexible, having a hybrid approach. These are all kind of buzzwords, but it's, it's really the direction the world is going in. For sure. Can you, so, so you said something there, self-development days. I have not, I mean, I've heard sort of days for like, for mental health at my company, we do that quarterly. Talk about self-development days. Do you mind? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, it's really however you want to use it. I've left it very flexible with my team. So I feel like often my team have a lot of work to do as they think about their profession and their day job. Mm -hmm. And it's up to me as their manager to make sure that I'm, you know, that little voice inside their head that talks about what do they want to be when they grow up? What are Mm -hmm. they missing in their core skill set? And we spend time just thinking and talking about what those things might be. And then they can use this day to get ahead. So it might be a free online course. It might be something that they they want to get a qualification in. So these days come throughout the year and they're able to to use their time as they see fit. But equally, if they need the time off, they can also have that as well. There has to be a trust between an an employee-manager relationship that they're doing their job. We have the right mechanisms and goals for them to be a success and make sure that we're tracking their performance. Mm. But equally, when they need time off, they need time off. So it's a nice opportunity that we can pass on to our teams so that they can take advantage of it however they wish. Another cool best practice. I love it. So let's talk about the future really quickly. How do you think about the work related? So we talked about sort of that that relationship, two sides of the same coin are running in parallel, CX and EX. Certainly there's this a culture around customer obsession or being customer led as this show focuses on. How do you see that evolving over the next couple of years? I mean, five years is probably too far out, but like, at least over the next couple, do you see them coming together more? And how would they? I'm just curious to get your perspective. Yeah, I think that we're getting there with CX. There's a lot more awareness about it now. I'm relatively new to the CX community, so I I felt like I was doing a lot of stuff and being quite misunderstood. So I I very much feel like I found my people. And and within that, I think we can share a lot of best practices and a lot of tools and frameworks. I'm, I'm hopeful that that continues to become the norm within businesses and businesses that are just a little slower to catch on, really grab a hold and and go on the same journey. EX feels a little bit more behind. And I think there are best practices or best intentions with EX, but there's a lot more to do in the space. So hopefully they it will catch up and we'll get to a point where the same rigor and the same thought goes into both. But at the moment, I think we need to think about them for, for how they are today. Yeah, I'm hoping that technology helps us get there much more quickly. Actually, I can see it's, I could see a time in the next year or two, frankly, where those can be looked at in parallel in the same screen or whatever that looks like, where those journeys are even connected. 
uh, the employee yeah. and the customer journeys are even connected. I'm really excited for that time because I think that's a really important or pivotal point when we can actually do that. So Yeah, and ultimately we should find a place where within CX and EX, there are key functions or topics in our business now, but it should become, these roles that are dedicated CX should become part of the norm. And we, we always talk about it at Amazon, if you can make yourself redundant, then you've done a good job. And I'd love that to be the case in, in five to 10 years. So you mentioned, Amanda, that you're new to the CX space. Well, within CX or outside of CX, I have a new question that I ask all guests. And who do you look up to in your space or just generally, you know, in business? Yeah, I think I actually don't have a specific name in mind, but I am really inspired by the community that I now feel very much a part of. And I've really enjoyed being able to network and, and share those ideas. And I think there's a lot of uh, really relevant female leaders that are really paving the way for a lot of us. And I'm very grateful for a lot of the work that is being done to really drive a lot of that through women in tech discussions and awards and, and a lot of recognition that's going on. So I think as I learn more about the space, I think that'll become clearer. But right now, I'm, I'm really in awe of, of what's out there. Well, I think one of the wonderful things about the CX community generally is that we really genuinely want to help people be successful in, in our heart of hearts. And I've one of the things that I've done throughout my career is I've always asked for help, which is really important. And okay. I find leaders like yourself and like others and say, I'm struggling through this problem. Have you ever gone through it? What was what did you do? And I have never had one person literally in 20 years say, I'm not willing to help, which is a pretty fantastic thing from a broader community perspective to be part of. It really is. Amanda, this is a really awesome conversation. I truly appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some of your insights and, and ideas. And gosh, I'm really floored by some of the best practices that you that you share with us. And hopefully some of our listeners take them away immediately come tomorrow. I'd love to have you back on the show sometime. But in, in the meantime, I look forward to kind of following what you're doing and the stuff that you're putting out there as well. And thanks so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much, Bill. I really enjoyed it. would love to come back anytime. Cool. All right, everybody. Another great week. We're out. Talk to you soon, Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to Be Customer Led with Bill Stakos. We are grateful to our audience for the gift of their time. Be sure to visit us at BeCustomerLed.com for more episodes. Leave us feedback on how we're doing or tell us what you want to hear more about. Until next time, we're out. We're out.